Okay, we're back with Dr. Gorfinkel here on this Wednesday. And as there is increasing concern that we are in or heading towards a fourth wave, hospitalizations also appear to be increasing, up 20% day-to-day in the province. Uh, Dr. Gorfinkel, just how concerning is that, is that number, hospitalizations? Yeah, hospitalizations are just a rebound effect of the number of cases that are out there. And we know testing isn't widely available So what that tells us is the number of cases out there are tremendous. The wastewater signal is just a small signal of that. You know, so what are we going to do? People aren't made to wear masks anymore. They're not required. But let's not lose sight of the fact of how hugely preventative they are. You know, cloth masks, that's been dissed left, right, and center. Everybody says, oh, cloth masks. But actually, it cuts test positivity by more than half. This is data from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control. What about a regular surgical mask? Wear one of those. You've blocked two out of three cases. That's what you've prevented. And, of course, the Cadillac, if you can get your hands on it, is an N95 or KN95. Wear that. You have prevented more than four out of five cases. And this is tremendous. And think about, too, the high-risk places. And, if possible, try to avoid the high-risk times. So what's number one? Pop quiz. Do you know, what is the first number one area of transmission? Ooh, okay. I don't think it would be workplaces because not everybody is back to the office uh, yet. So uh, I'm just going to say the grocery store. Great guess. That's number two. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Try again. What's number one? (laughs) What's number one? Probably public transit. Public transit is actually number one. So people are shoulder to shoulder. They're riding for a long time. It's an enclosed space because it's cold outside still. So that's the place. You want to try to you know, adjust the timing if possible and, of course, wear that mask. Most people don't realize that KN95 or N95, that lasts a whole month. You can wear it repeatedly. Right. So take it seriously. That thing can be reused. Yeah, and those numbers you just gave us, those are really eye-opening, I think. And because the masking mandate has been dropped, it doesn't mean that we should drop our guard necessarily. And if you are in some of these situations, high risk like public transit, the grocery store and such, I guess your message obviously is still consider wearing that mask, putting it on, particularly with you know the caseload, the, the wastewater data, and also hospitalizations on the increase. It's a hard hitter for sure. Absolutely. And it's not just about preventing hospitalization. We're talking about preventing long COVID. We're talking about preventing the increase in diabetes, all these other things. And of course, this is a small thing, but it matters. Losing weight because obesity is actually an independent risk factor for not just winding up in hospital, but more severe disease, even on the outside. To see your family doctor, if you're overweight, the chances are it's going to be a worse disease. It's very pro-inflammatory. So we have to try to keep it down. Okay. I also want to talk to you here on this Wednesday about this uh, second booster or fourth shot. It's been approved by the FDA in the States for those over the age of 50. Can you first off just kind of give us a little background? Uh, What are some of the key points, if you will, around the approval of this for those over 50? Right. So in the United States, and watch the wording, the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, says you're eligible. It doesn't say you should get it. It's interesting. But what they say is after four months after you have dose three, you can get dose four if you're over the age of 50. No strings attached. Anyone over the age of 50, you can get a fourth dose. 
And what we know it, is that it does decrease severe illness. But is it in everybody? Let's come back to that. They also say it's, it's, they were debating the actual the cutoff, the age cutoff. But what's interesting is they based it on three Israeli studies. Let's go through them just really quickly. The first one found that in people over the age of 60, there was almost an 80% reduction in death for people who had four shots versus three. Now, that sounds great. When they looked at younger population, this is a second study, and healthcare workers, they found, wow, look at those. You give them a fourth dose, they have higher antibodies. That sounds good, but that did not translate into fewer infections in younger patients. That's a hugely important study. And the third study, the final one, I know I'm throwing information fast, but I'll try to make it as simple as possible. What they found, this is not peer-reviewed, is that after getting that fourth dose, there's a a 70% reduction in severe illness, which is great. And a 64% reduction in infection, that sounds wonderful. But what happens after 10 weeks? 10 weeks later, after that fourth dose, it dropped down to only 29% effectiveness. So it's, again, the same old story. You know, yeah, it gives immunity, but the immunity doesn't seem to stick as long as we'd like it to. Right. So and because it's being essentially uh, recommended in the by uh, in the state, sorry, by the CDC, uh, should everybody over 50 get a second booster shot? How can you tell if you should have one or not? Yeah, that is not ready for prime time. And I think every scientist would agree with that. You know, first of all, you know, the data in younger patients is not it's not very encouraging where it seems to be the best is in patients over the age of 65 who have serious other conditions to go along with it. That's good evidence or people who are immunocompromised. So let's let's open our arms and embrace what it is that we do not know. That's extremely important. We do not know if that second booster shot, that fourth dose, will reduce how transmissible somebody is, how contagious they are. You know, so that's a huge thing. We do know that protection seems to drop after two to three months. And we also know that if somebody had a natural infection, and this is a key point in the time of BA2 when so many people are getting a natural infection, the infection itself is almost like a booster shot. It's, it's really an equivalent. Mm-hmm. Somebody somebody's going to have some immunity from having had the natural disease. I'm talking about confirmed disease. Okay, so taking that all into consideration, do you believe Canada will soon follow suit? Do you think that uh, Health Canada, that we will approve a fourth shot, a second booster, or should we? Well, I think it's a little early to say that right now. I can tell you who does qualify, people who are in long-term care, people who have severe immunosuppression, and I think the evidence base on that is very, very good. Now, will it be extended? I do not believe Canada is going to say, open the floodgates, give it to everybody over 50. I don't think that's going to happen. But I do think that it may, it may open a little more broadly to people who are older, over 65, perhaps, with other conditions. Because the more inflammation a person has, whether that inflammation is in the form of, say, obesity or diabetes, a kidney disease or lung disease, all of these are extremely pro-inflammatory. So what does the COVID-19 do? It's like a match in the tinderbox. They've got a lot of inflammation to begin with. You throw that match in there and kaboom, you've got bad outcomes. So those are the individuals whom I think 
the fourth dose is going to land in. And, of course, old age is the number one predictor by far of bad outcomes, right. including hospitalization and death. Dr. Gorfinkel, got to leave it there for another week. Appreciate your time and all of your expertise as always, and we will talk again next Wednesday. Many thanks. Always a pleasure. Likewise. Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, vaccine researcher, family physician with us. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.